Welcome to the Donaghclody Parish Podcast. We're an Anglican evangelical church committed to glorifying God, preaching the gospel, and making disciples. Well, good evening. It's great to be back. Um, you might have wiped it from your memories. Um, I tried to, that I was here in placement last year before I had this thing around my neck. And that was a, a great time, a great time of fellowship and of learning among you here in St. Patrick's and down the road in Warrenstown as well. Some things have changed since then. There's a, a ring on my finger, um, there's a collar around my neck, and there's a little one on the way. So lots of exciting things happening in my life um, and, and, and Aaron's life. And it's wonderful to be with you and to catch up with you all here as well. This is maybe a, a very different harvest to what we were all expecting. Uh, all socially distanced, all spaced out, uh, not the building not packed through rafters. And it's been a very different few months to what we were expecting as well. Maybe the last few months have been particularly hard for you. Maybe it's, it's you know, all of our lives have been disrupted. Maybe you've been unable to see family or friends. Maybe you've even been ill or know someone who has been ill. Maybe you've even felt helpless in the midst of all of this global pandemic. So I wonder, with all of this going on, what is the Lord Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, what is he saying to his church tonight? What is his good news this harvest time? Well, friends, the good news of this evening's Bible passage, the big idea of and the good news of today's Bible passage is that the Lord Jesus is the shepherd king who is with his people, who has compassion on his people, who cares for his people, and who feeds his people. And that includes us here tonight. So let's pray and get straight to work on the passage. Let's pray. Lord of the harvest, we pray that this evening we would be fed by your holy word and that the seed which is scattered will produce a plentiful harvest even unto eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you or on your phone or I want to flick back, you'll see that before our, our passage this evening, there were a few different things happened. Um, at the start of chapter 6, Jesus had sent out his apostles, the, the disciples. He sent them out and they were doing different things. They were casting out demons. They were uh, healing the sick. It was hard work that they were involved in. And then after that, we have the episode where King Herod uh, and John the Baptist uh, clash heads and John the Baptist is beheaded by the evil King Herod. We have the evil king who cares not for his people. And then we're launched straight into the feeding of the 5,000 where we have the good shepherd, the good king, feeding his people. So, Let's dive straight in and verse 30. And we read in verse 30 that the apostles returned to Jesus and told them all they had done and taught. It was, it was hard work that they were involved in. It was hard work. I wonder, what's it like to, to finish hard work? This is a hypothetical question for me and Brian. Of course, we only work one hour a week. Um, we wish. Um, but if you come in from the garden, say, and you've been cutting down trees all afternoon, there's nothing you want more than a bit of rest, isn't there? Sit down with a cup of tea and rest. 
But when I was thinking about this and the, the hard work that the disciples were engaged in, my mind was drawn to Psalm 22. And this is a psalm we'll be coming back to in just a minute. But it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. I find no rest. Now what's the solution to not having rest? We read in verse 31 what happened. He says, he said, Jesus said to the disciples, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Come to a desolate place, a desolate place, or maybe in another translation it says the wilderness, the wilderness. Where else in the scriptures does it talk about the wilderness? Where does it talk about the wilderness? Well, we hear, don't we, in the book of Exodus, God leading his people out of slavery in Egypt through the wilderness, through the desert, to get into the promised land. Another place that we hear about the wilderness, just as we think about this passage, is a bit closer to it. It's Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, isn't it? 40 days and 40 nights without food. And the Lord Jesus was, of course, meditating on Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But back to our, our passage there, we read that they had no leisure even to eat. No leisure even to eat. They, they couldn't even eat. They were that hard-pressed. In Exodus, we know that God brought them out of Egypt and they were starving in the wilderness. They were starving. But God graciously provided manna for them to eat. The Lord fed them in the wilderness. There was feeding in the wilderness. And the Lord Jesus, in his wilderness experience, man shall not live by bread alone. So whenever in Mark chapter 6, we see the crowds going out to the wilderness, Mark is setting us up to see the Lord Jesus do some feeding. He's going to do some feeding. Because going back to Psalm 22 again that I quoted just a moment ago, verse 6 says, The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied with the hunger comes the feeling, and the Lord himself provides the food. Let's read on to verse 34. Verse 34, we read, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. This word compassion, what does it mean? Is it just a simple feeling pity for someone or, or feeling sorry for them. It's much deeper than this. Having compassion in this sense, it's a, it's a deep inward yearning, a deep movement. His entire innermost being was moved with compassion for the crowd. Why did he have this compassion on them? They were like sheep without a shepherd. I think we're, we're a bit more culty in Donnacloney than we are maybe in Portadown, where I'm from originally. Are there any sheep farmers here tonight? All right, we're less culty than I thought then. My apologies, that, that's just going to fall flat from here on. But I, I know one or two people who look after sheep. And they tell me that, you know, there's some intelligence there, but there's not a huge pile going on between the ears. 
Sheep, without being led, they go astray very easily. You know, you can find their, their head in a hedge or they're falling into a ditch or they're lying upside down in the field. Sheep need a shepherd. They need someone to guide them and to lead them. And of course, in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we, we read that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. This is a, a, a picture that the biblical writers draw on throughout Scripture. The sheep need a shepherd. They need a shepherd who will lead them in the right direction. They need a shepherd who, in the words of Psalm 32, verse 8, will instruct them and teach them in the way they should go. The job of a shepherd is to lead the sheep, to teach the sheep. Jesus brings this crowd together, sees their sheep without a shepherd, has compassion on them, and begins to teach them many things. The Israel, Israel, of course, were used to bad shepherds who only had their own interests at heart. But not Jesus. Not the Lord Jesus. Not this shepherd. Jesus calls to mind Exodus, where God rescues his people, has compassion on them, and cares for them as only the good shepherd can. But what about the disciples? Where do they fit into this? Well, look at verse 35 then, 35 and 36. When it grew late, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. The hour is now late. Send them away. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. The disciples, they want to pick the crowds that have arrived and send them back into the wilderness. They want to take the, the crowds away and send them back to the place where they have to fend for themselves, like sheep without a shepherd. But is this what the Lord Jesus does? Of course not. The Lord Jesus welcomes these sheep into his sheepfold. He welcomes those who were harassed and helpless into his arms and calls the lost sheep home. He goes in search of them, welcomes them into his sheepfold. Matthew 7, Jesus says, ask and, ask and it will be given to you. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Jesus had compassion on them and he feeds them. He gives them his food. So, Jesus then tells the disciples, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Verse 37. And you know, this is the, this is the story that we all probably know from Sunday school, don't we? They're, the disciples are sent out to see what they can find. They come back with five loaves, two fish, and they wonder, how are we going to feed this crowd? How are we going to do it? You know, we can't have harvest suppers and the like this year. But imagine that we planned for five people turning up for a harvest supper and there was 500. We'd all be running around like headless chickens, wouldn't we? Trying to work out what on earth are we going to do? How are we going to feed them all? And that's the, the dilemma that the disciples have with here. They wonder how are they going to do this? Well, what does the Lord Jesus do? Verse 39, Jesus commanded them all 
sit down in groups in the green grass. Let's just pause there for a minute. Jesus commanded them to sit down in groups in the green grass. Well, whenever I was reading this passage earlier and thinking about this, I thought to myself, why, why surely to goodness does Mark tell us that the grass was green? I mean, maybe things are, are, are funny over here in County Down, but in County Armagh, that one fair county in Ireland, the grass is always green. Or is that one wonderful thinking on my part? But the grass, it's green. Why does Mark highlight the point that the grass is green? Where else in scripture do we hear about the green grass? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Friends, what we have going on here in Mark chapter 6 is nothing other than a reenactment of Psalm 23. It's the fulfillment of Psalm 23. Here we have the Lord himself, our good shepherd, causing his people the lost sheep, to lie down on the green grass. He's going to feed them. He's going to restore their soul. He's going to lead them by paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is what the Lord Jesus is doing. He is bringing the lost sheep home. He is bringing the lost sheep of Israel home to be with him. You see, good shepherds, they feed their sheep. Good shepherds feed their sheep and provide for them. And in verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. You see, Jesus is the true good shepherd who offers and feeds his sheep in the wilderness. The sheep who find themselves in the wilderness of life, tossed and turned like waves in the sea. The ones who find themselves helpless and harassed. The ones who are, are devastated by the global pandemic ravaging our society, ravaging our world. The ones who are harassed and helpless by not being able to see friends and family. The ones who are harassed and helpless by missing out on the fellowship of the church family. The Lord Jesus gathers the sheep in and he feeds them. He offers food which satisfies. And because we read in verse 42, they, they all ate and they were satisfied. They all ate and they were satisfied. You know, don't we read in the end of Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, they, they had 12 baskets of leftovers. Verse 43. It wasn't simply a case of the crowd just being polite and saying, oh yes, that was a lovely meal, going off home with their tummies rumbling. This was a meal that left them full. They were full to overflowing. And yet, friends, this feeding in the wilderness, 
This was only a foretaste, only the appetizer for the greatest feast which the Lord Jesus will provide. This feeding was only the appetizer for the greatest feast which the Lord Jesus will provide. You see, friends, whenever we're satisfied in God, that is a satisfaction that is so deep that we desire no change, that we are so satisfied in him that we desire nothing else. It's the beautiful rest of God, the rest which God provides, the rest which the Lord, our shepherd, provides for all of his sheep. This is the rest and the satisfaction that the Lord Jesus provides. You know, John Piper is a, an American preacher and author. And he has this little line, which is beautiful and profound. He says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. You know, at harvest time, isn't it all about bringing glory to God? Isn't it all about bringing glory to the Lord of the harvest, the one who provides for us in so many ways, the one who puts food on our tables, the one who brings the rain and the sun and causes the crops to grow? It's all about bringing glory to him. And the greatest way that any one of us can bring glory to our Heavenly Father is by being truly satisfied in Him. And you know, some of us in church this evening, and it wasn't just um, some of the younger members of the congregation who were eyeing up the plums and the, the juicy apples and everything. I, my, I'm starting to get a bit hungry too, truth be told. But the truth is, if I lift up an apple and eat it, I'm going to be hungry by the time we get home again. The satisfaction will run out. The satisfaction won't last. You soon get hungry again. But whoever finds rest and satisfaction in the food which Jesus gives will never get hungry again. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We delight in the Lord of the harvest and we are truly satisfied. Our hearts are full. We are satisfied in the good shepherd who feeds his sheep. Friends, today as we celebrate a very different and a very strange harvest, we look forward to that final harvest which is to come. A harvest not from the fields of Donna but a harvest from the master's field. A harvest where it's not grain or wheat that's gathered in, but a harvest of souls that's gathered in. A harvest that results not in a simple dinner of loaves and fish, but that results in a heavenly banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we will feast, where there will be no more hunger, where every true desire is fully satisfied as the Lord himself provides for all our needs and all our hungers and all our thirsts. For in that day, there will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more COVID even. For the old order of things has passed away. In that day, our shepherd King Jesus 
will gather to himself those who are truly his. Just as our shepherd king gathered the crowd around him as he fed the 5,000 and satisfied their hunger, in that day he will gather home those who are truly his. The Gettys have a, a great hymn. It goes like this. And there we'll find our home, our life before the throne. We honour him in perfect song where we belong. He'll wipe each tear-stained eye as thirst and hunger die. The lamb becomes our shepherd king. We'll reign with him. Hear heaven's voices sing. Their thunderous anthem rings. Through emerald courts and sapphire skies, their praises rise. All glory, wisdom, power, strength, thanks, and honor are to God our king who reigns on high forevermore. Friends, Will you be there? Will you come to the feast? Will you trust Jesus to satisfy all of your needs? He's our shepherd king. He is the one who provides. What's your response? Is it one of hard-heartedness? Or is it one of someone who runs to he who says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Friends, this is the good news of the Lord of the harvest at his church tonight. He offers bread which truly satisfies. This is good news. This is good news for you. This is good news for your friends and your neighbours and your work colleagues. Friends, go out. And tell people, go out and share this good news of the shepherd truly satisfies. This is good news this harvest time. Let's bow our heads as we reflect on the Lord of the harvest and what he's calling us to. Let's bow our heads in a moment of stillness. Even so, Lord, quickly come, bring thy final harvest home, gather thou thy people in, free from sorrow, free from sin, there forever purified, in thy presence to abide, come with all thine angels come, raise the glorious harvest home. In the name of Jesus, our good shepherd. Thank you for listening to this Donnacony Parish podcast. We're happy for this teaching to be shared for the advancement of gospel work and to help make disciples. For information about Donnacony Parish, please check out our website www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk or find us on social media.